0: Welcome to Bruant Source. This is Isaiah. This is Zed. And we are recording here uh on February 12th, 2020 in the new year. Well, I guess it's been it's a minute. Not, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, this is our second recording of the of the year, but a lot of things have happened and a lot more to come. Some good, some bad, um but we'll just we'll we'll, we'll get through it this
1: this episode.
0: Yeah, so I'll take I'll let you take lead. Um as you all know and again I reiterate uh I don't usually watch the men's basketball games live uh as they're during the week most of them except for like the exception of like Arizona on a Saturday or USC on a Saturday. Um <clears throat> but tell us what were your thoughts on the game cuz I usually just watch the clips after or bits and pieces like some of the halves. I, I feel like we are finally
1: um, seeing more sustained versions of what McCronin wants his team to look like, and that sort of really manifested itself against uh, Arizona last Saturday. We saw that terrible, terrible game against ASU where we just got, you know lit up by, th- by the three ball, the entire game. But I, I do want to say like I feel like that was more of an anomaly than anything just because Jalen Hill was out and we played such terrible sagging defense because of that that we just couldn't defend as much as we wanted to or as well as, you know, we are getting more used to.
0: But that game against Arizona – yeah, go ahead. I was, that actually was a game I got to catch for a bit. And I was like, wow, this team looks so much different than what I remember um, a month ago in terms of the beginning. In the first half, I thought they were playing them pretty tough, but eventually got worn down on perimeter, and Arizona State was just starting. They were just starting to warm up. They had so many shooters. But I did notice a difference in effort that I would seen earlier in the season, a lot more confidence in taking chances and, and, and just, like, help defense, um, intangibles leaping for the ball there was a lot of second chance points or opportunities not points that necessarily came out you know and it seemed like UCLA wasn't necessarily able to get rhythm but where Arizona State you know just took off but uh, I, I was impressed even then I I made that tweet before of course I would jinx us and I was like maybe I should go to bed but yeah, you, uh, you texted me too <laughs> yeah. I was like what is this team I've heard about them, but this looks and good. Then literally
1: after that, they went on ASU went on like an 11-0 run. And
0: since then, I've refrained from uh, watching. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, even in that game, I know we got torched, but um, I was impressed. I was impressed with what Conan, Cronin was able to do. You know, just in the short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, even in that game, the game plan against ASU really was you know, sag off the three-point shooting and protect and pack it in against the paint, which in theory was the right thing to do. Um, ASU, before that game, was, was not a good three-point shooter so, or shooting team, so it it made sense to do it that way. However, they just went absolutely apeshit from three against us, as, as teams I feel like generally do against us. But... You know, it, it underlines the point that having Jalen Hill is just that much more important for this team. And it's a little worrying that, you know, not having him just impacts his team that much if he ever gets injured like he was in that game. Um, and so, you know, keeping him healthy is going to be key to the rest of the season. But that being said, I think, you know, just the level of effort like you mentioned the system and culture I think is is really starting to be sustained and it's being consistently kind of executed upon and what we saw against Arizona is I think what we should expect to see from this team in the future hopefully once we have more of the recruits bought in more of these current players bought in and you know the system kind of more in place and so I think well that Arizona game was gave us a really good kind of foresight into what we hope to see in the future. Like they really just out muscled out played them in almost every facet of the game in McHale center and did it mostly on the defensive side. Like it was incredibly impressive.
0: Yeah. I mean, as you know, others have written about it was one of the most impressive wins against Arizona in over a decade so seeing Even that year one
1: they they set they held arizona to their lowest shooting percentage ever in McHale it's at amazing. like 25 percent. i mean it's incredible um and so like that's it, it was very vintage mccronan and that's what we hope to see going forward you know with all these teams i do think You know, we're not going to, we're probably still going to see a couple of blips here and there this season where we just lay a complete disaster egg and just shit the bed. But I think we'll hopefully see more of this positive trend rather than the negative. Um, I think the offense kind of, we, we mentioned the defense, but on the offensive side, we saw a lot more consistency a lot more you know ball movement we were taking good shots no rushed bad shots um we're moving the ball and you know playing grind down kind of offense but controlling the tempo and and you know being selective with our with our shots and so it was a lot more efficient that way and you know as we get more offensive firepower next year with um daishan nicks and um jalen clark hopefully we can you know keep building on that and be be better on that side of the ball but you know i like what i see after that arizona game especially if that's like what we're going to be heading towards then i am all in um and so we'll, we'll see how we do against um washington and washington state this week uh we obviously we split on the road losing to washington state and losing to washington neither team's very good washington's been like lost six in a row i think
0: Yeah, they've been one of the biggest disappointments in the Pac-12 this season.
1: Right, so it'll be interesting to see how we can hopefully avenge that loss or, you know, sweep them this year and then avenge that loss against Washington State, who is an okay team, but again, they're not great. And so, you know, coming to Pauley Pavilion, coming into our house, hopefully we can, you know, play a lot better than we did in the Palouse.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean... I think Washington State has shown that they are a gritty team. Um <clears throat> LB L-L-B, uh the, the guy with the big hair. I don't yep. know how to yeah, say yeah, his yeah. name. But he destroyed us. Yeah, he's he, he's having a hot streak. He's I mean, he's not even a hot streak. He's having a great season, you know. So what Kyle Smith is doing up there has really uh been impressive. Um with the group of guys that he's he's taken on. Uh but it is I, I feel much more better uh about us going into this game tomorrow um than I did last time because we're on the road. It was a second game of you know, of the of the road trip and we just came off an emotional win from Wa- against Washington. So you know, Washington State was a team that we went up on and we just completely again, it just showed, you know, the lack of maturity and not even to say that negatively, but you know, it's a young team that we have, and, and it just showed, like, this team was not focused at that point. And you could see in the attitude once Washington State fought back that um, UCLA w- wasn't ready to just maintain that lead to kind of, you know, defend that, defend that lead. And so it'll be interesting to see how now this team, which seems a lot more poised, a lot more in control, even on all uh, much more on the offensive side, with the combination of the effort they've given well rested at home uh, will take on this team and and, and again, they're going to be coming in against a Washington team that's looking to turn it around for the season or get yeah, some type of uh, hope.
1: agreed it's, It'll be interesting to see I mean this turnaround is really being anchored by a handful of players you know we've we've mentioned Hawk has over and over again, and he's you know he's not always the flashiest. Um, player on the offensive side but you know against Arizona he really he didn't score a lot but he played good tough defense and you know was able to to grind it out when he needed to Uh, Jalen Hill has become like a prototypical Mick player he plays hard just rebounding the ball and doing a lot of dirty work in the paint and he just he He's, you know, it's interesting seeing him, like, grow from last season to this season and how much better he's become as a player. Um, I, love, I love seeing him in his game. Um, and then we have, like, Chris Smith, who's finally seems he's growing I mean, the lights, into that.
0: The lights turned on for him. Amazing. Yeah.
1: It's been, it's incredible. Like, he's, he's scoring. He's hitting, like, his mid-range game is, is really good.
0: Yeah, right at um, the top of the, the, it's not necessarily the top of the key, but right under the the three-pointer? Yeah. He's money.
1: He's been money from there, and, you know, he's he's long and athletic, and he, he's been playing good defense, too. Um, and then lastly, like, Tiger Campbell. I was, you know, mid-season, it was sort of like, ugh, I don't know, He's he seems like he was a little overhyped. And, you know, we talked about, you know, he's coming off the injury, and blah, 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 we've covered it plenty of times, but it really seems like he's shaking the rust
0: off and he's looking like an actual, like, very good point guard now. You I know? mean, not only that, he, like, he takes, he seems like he's starting to take on the challenge of uh, of what's in front of him and and he seems to take it on, like, with a passion. So what I mean by that is, like, against Nico, right, this hyped freshman point guard from Arizona, he completely outplayed him. Um, oh, he
1: took Van Ian head on,
0: yeah. And that was great to see. I remember seeing the clip where he just, he kind of had, like, the spin and then just to tap off the glass, and it looked like he was, like, off balance, but he was able to get it off, you know, just a soft touch where it hit off the backboard and went in. And, I was, and at that point, you're just like, that is complete rhythm. That's Tiger, you know, having confidence in his game to be able to be like, you know what, I'm able to do this. I know exactly where to put the ball. Uh,
1: right, exactly. I, I think you said confident, and I think that's really where, where it boils down to, like his confidence is back, um, and it's it's really kind of I- impacting both sides of his game. He's been playing better defense also. You know, before early on in the season, he was getting beat, you know, every time his man would blow by him, and now he's, he's staying in front of his guy and, and switching better and, and playing good on-ball defense, and so... You know, his, his improvement's been key to this team playing much better. And so, like, you look at this team now and you kind of, you see a good future for them. Especially with the guys coming in. Um, and so, I hope, I hope we can keep it rolling. I'm not going to make any bold predictions as of now, like, you know, but you could foreseeably see this team doing some damage down the road in the Pac-12 right now this season. And then, you know, anything can happen in Vegas over three or four games.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think looking at our the remaining of our schedule, like we do – we have Colorado, a tough game at Colorado, which is, of course, always a tough game. And then we play Arizona again. I mean, we play ASU. Like it's going to be a tough stretch down the line. We have Colorado, ASU, Arizona – and then um ending with SC. But um <coughs> with that. But this team is not the same team that faced SC a month ago. Not at all. And um and we're going to we're going to I mean we'll be in there. I guess they don't really have home court advantage at this point. Um but it, it like even that game doesn't seem like it's going to be such a challenge. I mean, we didn't expect it to be the loss it was, but uh, I still feel better about this going into this one than last time, where this team we didn't necessarily have the identity we do now. Yeah, agreed. So it'll be
1: it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, and yeah, I I think it's sh- it's shown this improvement over time has shown Mcronan is actually can coach. Um, yeah, and
0: and we don't necessarily need to to criticize his techniques in the first season of oh why is he you know all the other things we won't go too much into it but like nitpicking him his 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 whole style <clears throat> just let him coach um, and as we see the results are coming right
1: yeah I think you know they might not all result in wins this season but I think he we've seen tangible evidence that he is coaching this team up and I think that's a positive sign um, and, and
0: and the reason, and not to compare to like clearly to another coach, you know that we have. But the reason, the difference in this one, like as we see improvement, is because Cronin has shown that he's willing to switch up the starting lineup. He's willing to start, switch up rotations. He is showing that he's willing to figure out whatever formula, willing to take. He's willing to do whatever it takes to figure it out. And he's not necessarily – I mean, yes, he has identity on his defense. He's going to run his defense that he wants, you know. But, uh, again, the way he's making adjustments on the fly until he finds the right mix is impressive. Absolutely. And and that's what gives us confidence of us moving forward. Rather than this being a fluke, you know, it seems like Cronin's going to figure it out. And, you know, he may need a year, he may need a year and a half, but (laughs) – it seems like, you know, we're, we're well on our way. And, yeah, uh, 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 two wins against two ranked teams, you know, definitely helps our confidence in that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of Mick Cronin, he – he, uh, speaking of Ben Bolch at the L.A. Times today, apparently, he is trying to convince the athletic department to make all home games free for the students. Um, and I absolutely love that idea.
0: I love it too. The seats are empty anyway, so let the kids in. Let the kids in for free, like
1: you know. We're we're losing revenue anyways. I don't want to go into that. You know, I think everyone's probably seen the stories. That could be literally its own episode. I think maybe we can delve into that on another day. Um, but I think long term, like you gotta. We gotta engage this current students to become fans, and one way to do that is give them easy access to the games. And once you're in there, you you still have fun, hopefully.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean UCLA's sports culture is just not the same in terms of the demographic um, that's coming in is a lot more educated, uh, and you know, and it's it's. Uh, and and not to say, like, the educated or, or students who are going to focus on academics aren't really into sports, but if, if you're telling a student who has to study for a midterm or, you know, who's very much into their studies that they also have to pay to go to these games where the product is not what it once was, like, it does discourage, it doesn't do much to entice them to want to go ahead and, and make that trip down to Poly, which is literally right down the hill. Uh, and and we need in some way to reinvigorate that culture, and it's the understanding of, of marketing, of getting the word out. It's it's not you don't have the brand to just sit there and be the exclusive, high and mighty. You know, Bel Air Club. Uh, right.
1: Absolutely not.
0: With this product this anymore, product. like you have, you have to get them in. You have to get the, full, you know, the students in. Open it up. The den. I mean, when we went to school, it was ninety nine dollars, but at this point, it's just they need to take a step back. There's already revenue losses, and it's not necessary. Like they're not making any more gains. But to your point, Cronin gets it. He he's been there. He's been in Cincinnati for thirteen years. He's been in that small. I mean, mid-sized city environment where they don't have, you know, they have one professional, two professional teams, forgive me, but not really a basketball team. And so he's seen what the basketball culture is like. And when, you know, a town supports it and it's that it doesn't cost, you know, the fan too much to make that trip. Yeah.
1: I, I, you know, it's preseason, you know, he said and did a lot of good things. And he was always saying the right things. And I think, you know, just this comment just kind of proves that he gets it. He gets UCLA. Uh, he gets the the culture and he knows how to play the game. And I think, you know, in the long run, he's going to hopefully be successful here. And all this pays off.
0: Uh, yeah. So I like, mean, it, it reminds me of like the beginning of Mora. When Mora was talking about the changes that needed to be made at UCLA and moral wasn't even coming from a college background. he's was coming from the NFL. But uh, it, it does start with, unfortunately, it has to start with the coaches at our school. And when they start winning, they're able to bring that conversation to say, hey, as administration, in order for us to continue bringing money or our product to be good, we also need the support from your end, whether it's changes with the students, whether it's providing the right facilities, and et cetera. So it's good to see that he sees the big picture, um, and he's all about. I mean, he's a coach about. He's big on branding too. This is a guy who. How many suits do you have tailored before? He's <laughs> the <this> season <laughs> a, lot. a lot, a lot. So a lot. it's good to see just him again, just re uh, <clears throat> reinstating his care or just reemphasizing that like he he really is big on being a Bruin.
1: Yeah. So, it's all good stuff. Um, we'll see. We'll see how they fare tomorrow night.
0: And then. Um, yeah, go ahead. On the other side of the locker room. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're wait, wait, before you get to that, um, I didn't, again, I didn't see it, but how much, was there any Cronin Miller antics? It seemed very no, civil from what I read. It
1: seemed very civil. I heard they, like, shook hands before game, like, Chatted a little bit. There was some laughing. Um, oh, I think a lot of Mick Cronin's ire was thrown at the Pac-12 refs, so he didn't even couldn't even be bothered with being annoyed or angry at Sean Miller because those refs. I, I'm not gonna go into it. We all saw the game. They were fucking terrible. Yeah. Excuse my language, but they were, and so. I think I don't know why you're saying just, excuse
0: my language when you I don't know, literally man. Kids curse be on, on to the tweet. <laughs> this is true. Um, this is an adult-rated uh, podcast and Twitter account. <laughs> it's just very good point. Um, yeah, he, they were bad, and he
1: was rightfully angry at many, many calls during that game, some of which were just absolutely jaw-droppingly stupid. Calls. Um and so yeah, I don't I don't think he there were too many antics between the two that I could see. Um nor nor do I remember reading about it or anyone really speaking about it. So I was a little a little annoyed by that, but I was hoping for some fireworks, but honestly, maybe he was just like, I'm gonna come in and beat this guy. I don't need to talk trash type thing and he did it, so you know, he let the Let the team do all the speaking for him.
0: Maybe Mick's just like, "Hey, ha! I got the better program now. Uh, (laughs) Good luck, good luck." While you know, before the feds actually, exactly. I'll see you in Vegas, maybe. Ha! Not. (laughs) I'll I'll visit you in
1: jail. (laughs) So yeah, no, nothing, nothing crazy there. Um, But where you were going with that before uh, the women's side? They're still yeah. looking good, man. They're still looking good. They had a great Bay Area weekend.
0: They did. They had a great trip. Um, well, they struggled a bit in a game that shouldn't have been so close uh, against Cal. But they pulled but you know, it out.
1: I can't fault them for that because you had a big emotional win against a higher-ranked team on the road than you against Stanford the night before or a couple of nights before. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's gonna be a little bit of hangover from that and so yes, I would you would hope they would blow that second team out, but the fact that they, you know, grounded out and still won, it's a good sign. There's this team's mentally tough.
0: Oh yeah. They seem so poised in, in that regard.
1: <laughs> they're I mean they're they're still they're rolling and you know, we're this deep in the season, and they still look this good. They're consistently, you know, fluctuating up a little bit up and down, but consistently staying in the top ten. Um, and so the belt, real bellwether at this point is going to be this game against Oregon on Friday and Oregon State this weekend. And so, you know, if we can sweep the Oregon schools at home, like I think we get into the top five.
0: If Top we five split, with a two seed.
1: Yeah, if we split, you know, I don't think it'll impact our ranking too much. Um and then if we lose both, then I don't know, we'll probably drop down to the fifteen ish area, I would predict.
0: mm I think that's fair against those two teams.
1: Yeah, and but but they're they're looking good. I, I do expect hopefully at least a a split. That's my bare minimum hope.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oregon, as we all know, like, they're just rolling. Um, but they're also, I feel like Oregon also, out of all the teams in the Pac-12, we're the one team that they're like, you cannot overlook them at all. Like, of course, we they have them Oregon in
1: the Pac-12 tournament.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I think that Oregon has us marked down. Um, more so than the media understands. And with right. that, they're going to yeah. be coming in pretty focused into Pauley Pavilion on Friday. Um, but It's it, going to
1: be a good game.
0: It's going to be a hell of a game. It's one that should be on ESPN and not the Pac-12 I was literally going to say
1: the same thing. It's a shame it's on the Pac-12 Network that a lot of people won't be able to watch it.
0: Yeah. Well, Monday's game will be on ESPN, too, so that will be good against yeah. Oregon State. But uh, it definitely should have been the other way around
1: yeah agreed but you know i'm i'll I'll be rooting for them um it'll be it'll be fun to watch hopefully they they pull out a couple wins on the against oregon schools
0: yeah and mikayla she's just been kicking butt Mikayla, O oh
1: yeah they've been they've been (laughs) cruising so far so you know a couple blips on the radar but that's that's just sports so I think you know, they the, winning when it matters.
0: Yeah, and the, what I want to see is just how we defend Sabrina, Nesca. Um, yes. Because if somehow close is able to just to scheme against her to a point that it limits her play and it throws everyone off, I mean, I think we do have a chance. It's and and Michaela has a big game. Like I mean, those are two big factors. Um, Absolutely. But. Uh, they do they could change the outcome of you know just the Pac-12 in general if you focus on those two
1: yeah definitely I I agree I mean it, it all, a lot of Oregon hinges on Sabrina Ionescu. and so if we can like you said scheme against her kind of limit her as much as possible I do think we have the firepower to to take them down for sure um, they're not they're not unbeatable this year
0: no, not at all. And they've shown that already with the right. loss that they had.
1: Yeah. So I think it'll be it'll be a good game. I think we can pull off the upset. <laughs> uh, and you know, I don't even know if it'll be considered an upset coming in into the, our house, but we'll see. So I'm, I'm I'm hoping for good things this weekend from
0: the women's team. Number 7 uh, in the nation. Is that our highest ranking where we ate was before? our win against Stanford? Um, I mean, well, not before that win, but before our loss to Arizona.
1: I don't remember. our
0: loss before SC, I believe, were eight.
1: Yeah, so maybe we... Yeah, it might be the highest
0: we've been. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Great. It's been been all good. Um, Switching to more depressing things. Chip Kelly... And recruiting, uh, sort of, finally rounding out for the 2020 season, or rolling into the 2020-21
0: season, sprinkled with uh, PWOs. Oh
1: okay. yeah, and no, spring, not spring enough. Gang coming. Linemen. What the hell is he doing? I don't
0: get it. I don't know. It's. I don't know. Do you ever watch interviews with Little Wayne? L- Little Wayne uh, I have but I don't I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Little Wayne raps and and he says anytime he he puts together an album, he has no idea what else is happening in the rap world or or any any clue, right? He doesn't listen to anyone's music. He just he he shells himself off. I'm convinced Chip Kelly um has become the Little Wayne of the college football world. But, well, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Except for this, this, uh, this analogy doesn't work because Lil Wayne's still <laughs> dropping good music. His last album was pretty good.
0: He can rap, but the production, the team around him, was pretty. Eh, it just felt dated. Oh yeah, it
1: still feels very OOS. But you know,
0: I, there's moments in their flashes, right? But. It still but, felt like Lil Wayne. You put Little Twist on your album in 2020, <laughs> like that's like Chip Kelly putting narrow as your defensive coordinator. <laughs> Believe me, it works.
1: <laughs> but, but that's still that's still assuming that Chip Kelly can. If Lil, if we're saying Lil Wall can rap, which I absolutely <laughs> think he can, that would mean in this analogy that Chip Kelly can coach. Can he
0: coach? He, he, I mean, he's had his, what, his 67-63 thriller, which, again, I I, I take that. I, I don't know. That actually wasn't him, you know, putting. I, I can't give that to him because he almost you can't, lost that you game.
1: Can't put the, you can't put that in coaching.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's just like, I don't know what that was. That was just crazy flashes. I guess the Arizona State game. Yeah, I mean, maybe Lil Wayne. Uh, I, I won't disrespect Little Wayne like that. Sorry, Little Wayne. <laughs> But in, in terms of Lil Wayne's awareness, Chip Kelly has Lil Wayne's awareness in the college football world.
1: See, but I would attribute Lil Wayne's locking himself into whatever studio for three, six months or whatever, however long it takes him to record an album, as just, like, straight, pure focus, right? Are we... Like, I can't say the same thing about Chip. I feel like Chip is just, like, stubborn not focused about like this is how I'm I'm producing this this product it's more like I'm just I might know what other stuff going on but I refuse to acknowledge it and I refuse to you know use any sort of or derive any value from it
0: so you're saying it's as if little Wayne when he put out that rock album and everybody's like what the hell are you doing so we have to <laughs> The the Chip Kelly is the Little Wayne as a rocker.
1: No, but but at least the rock album showed that Lil Wayne was trying to you know do something different, do new things. <laughs> well, I guess Chip Kelly is trying to do something different, do new things. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> it's are, well, I think we're on onto something. Are they the same person?
0: Are they, I think so. <laughs> Chip Kelly has like secret face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Wasserman has like a lean machine somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, is is Lil
1: is Chip Kelly just like Lil Wayne in a big bodysuit and a mask?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lil Wayne just and in white face suit. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chip Kelly's so what's out of going touch. On anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> he's so out of touch. Um, But I mean, he did hire. What do you think about well the unofficial hire of uh, Johnny Nansen? Um, It seems
1: he seems to be addressing the like sore lack of recruiting firepower with our current staff. You know, we have a couple of guys. Kafusi is one um, who who it on the uh,
0: who's a poly uh, who comes from the poly community as well. And right. that's Polynesian, not polyamorous or polygamous. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um,
1: but but aside from Kalfusi, I, I can't really think of anybody who, who, maybe Paul Rhodes before he left, but like anybody who was like, yeah, that guy is our recruiter and he's
0: good at He's recruiting. our ace recruiter, yeah. He's,
1: yeah, like there's... There's been mostly kind of met across the board. Yeah, we felt the um, effect
0: of McClure leaving. Oh, so,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And so Nansen seems like he's going to fill that void a little bit. Uh, he's taking
0: McClure's position as well. Let's right, remember. he's
1: taking McClure. There's a lot of, a lot of parallels in that regard. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but it does seem like he's a good recruiter. I think he won recruiter Pac-12 recruiter of the year in 2017.
0: That's correct. Yeah. Um,
1: so that's only, you know, a couple of years ago. We're not It's not too far removed from that. And so I think we and, and he has a lot of ties to the Southern California pipelines, all the big schools. And so I was reading somewhere he was, you know, involved in like getting Juju Smith Schuster to SC and um,
0: uh, uh, Hufanga uh, from Oregon, uh, yeah, uh, Gutat Goate from Bishop Gorman. Right. Um, what's the other kid? Uh, Solomon. I, I I don't know how to pronounce it. Forgive me. Uh, but the, he's he's just that hard hitting kid. I think he came from Mater day 2018 class. So yeah, he's he's stacked up on linebackers, and that was the thing. Like he was a linebackers coach. It was his first year as the LB coach. Before that, he wasn't a position coach um, at SC. And uh, <clears throat> with that, I don't know if it's fair to assess. I know as you know the the, the, the tremors They've over been there. Mess. They were just saying like he wasn't as you know he's a better recruiter and coach but I mean everybody complained about that defense and it could be contribute to scheme I don't like to necessarily judge the position coaches if the scheme overall is just horrible It's bad right yeah that's fair Um, so so in linebackers you stack I mean I thought Hufanga was a terror last year and one of the bright spots. And, you you know, I mean, to a point he just kept hurting himself because he played too hard. So you don't know necessarily. It, like, that's a combination of, you know, the kid just being a stud, unfortunately, and against us as well. But, um and then also, you know, the coaching as well. But as you said, like, he hopefully, it does look like he has the credentials to fill in that void. And especially, one, I think for us, As UCLA, we traditionally aren't like uh, a school for Polynesian community. We're not the destination; is usually Utah and USC. uh, Going back to the Troy Palomalo days, Um, and so, but we easily could be. Like that's you know, if we start winning, I I think the identity could change. Because even then, we're seeing Washington has become kind of this destination for kids from Hawaii um, and the Polynesian. Uh, community, the Pacific Islands, and so, and uh, there's no reason why UCLA can't become a destination for that for that community, though. No, not at all. Not at all. And so, uh, I I am happy that we are getting that representation on our staff, uh, you know, and in our D line again, our run game was solid last. Sh- I mean, defense was solid compared, of course, to the atrocity that everything else was on defense, but. Uh, it, it was the one sort of bright spot um, that we had, so hopefully he can keep it going, um, and and just bring that, it kind of fill that void because I do think on the West Coast, like Utah has lost their studs to, to and and when I say loss, I mean the state has uh, left; they've left the Pac-12 footprint, so we have guys going to Alabama and LSU, right? It's up for a taking. And then you have the Sowell brothers, you know, going to Oregon. Like, they're, in back traditionally, I used to think, you know, it was always Utah or USC. Like, it just seems a lot more open for the taking. So UCLA should get into that um, and, uh, and, and try to grab, you know, some of the people from that community and hopefully they're with someone that they trust on our staff uh, that understands their path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see if he actually improves on on building that pipeline. Um, but yeah, th- so that's that's sort of how I feel about him. Like, I think he's a good recruiter. I don't know much about him as a def- like a D line coach, but you know, we'll s- we'll see once this actually becomes um, official. So I like. That being said, it just seems like you know, even if he comes in and kills it at recruiting, this this class feels like a lost opportunity. Like we got a decent rate, like recruiting rank, and we brought in a lot of talent at tight at tight end at linebacker that we sorely needed. But we, I, I think I mentioned this during the episode we talked about early signing day, but it's so imbalanced, like we addressed one need, but we completely ignored O-line in a way, like we didn't address those, we had all these spots to get, you know, some grab transfers in, and we ended up getting, like, a few, like, seemed like solid players, but some defensive guys, not a single O-lineman, like, it's, and, and, and like, the D-line, code, like, side of recruiting hasn't been much better, like, it's just so frustrating, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is a clichéd saying, but, you know, the the line of scrimmage is going to win the game, and if you can control it on either side of the ball, you're going to win the game. And, like, we don't seem to be investing in that at all.
0: Yeah, there still seems to be a lack of understanding or this, this pompous arrogance, this hubris of that, you know, we'll figure that that point out. figure, And that should be the emphasis. That is, like as we've seen, like, we were all critical of, or just skeptical of, if Crystal Ball could get it done in Oregon, but, you know, as the season played out, he proved he can win a Rose Bowl. Like, yes, he had skilled players, but his trenches, he had one of the best O-lines in the country, Uh, and that in itself set himself up for success. And we, I just wish, you know, I don't want our team to be Oregon um, up north, Uh, you know, ironically, we, but um, (coughs) I want us to. I want our team to win like Oregon, though. Yeah, exactly. And be able to to compete on the trenches because it's it's really what makes a difference, especially in the Pac-12, and and would you know set us apart from the rest of the conference.
1: Yeah, so you know we'll see um, how it goes going forward. We have one, basically one spot left for a grad transfer, so we'll see if we get an alignment in or not. But unsure. Um. Move, moving on from football, we have some other stuff going on. Um, baseball starting up this week. I think they're ranked currently eight, so another top ten team. Uh, John Savage is back with with another good. You know, probably going to be very good defensive team. Very, very good de- uh, pitching team. <laughs> um, we lost a lot of firepower on the offensive side last year. Guys like Michael Toglia got drafted. Um, but we do bring back Garrett Mitchell um, and some of these younger guys. Hopefully we can step up and, and um, you know, be, be pretty good on the offensive side as well. But I'm, I'm excited to see this team. We've kicked it off or I guess, I don't know. Kickoff is probably the wrong verb for, the, for baseball, but you get what I mean. Um, yeah, pitch off. Start off the season at Jackie Robinson Stadium against UC Riverside and I think technically an exhibition game, but this is another team that, you know, is expected to hopefully go deep into the NCAA tournament and hopefully make the College World Series this year. Last year was, you know, a bit of a letdown. As good as they were, they won 50-plus games um, and then sort of got knocked out by an upstart Michigan team, but, you know, hopefully this year we can uh, rebound and keep rolling. Uh, John Savage always has his team team ready to go so i think we'll be we'll be pretty good again um women's gymnastics has been a little bit of an up and down more so than we're used to uh we lost to washington last week but we bounced back and beat uh arizona i believe and so i don't know what we're ranked right now actually with them
0: gymnastics
1: Yeah, but- Number four. Number four, so we didn't take too much of a a ranking loss there. Um, But, you know, it's Chris Waller's first year coaching, taking over for (laughs) Rick Val. So, you know, it's a little expected that, you know, there might be a couple minor bumps in the road, but overall another very, very good team. Hopefully, you know, they get it kind of a little bit more cleaned up and ironed out by the end of the season and, you know, compete for another championship.
0: Yeah, and Kyla Ross has been ace, per usual.
1: Oh, yeah, she's she's always great. So She's always great.
0: Props um, to them. Softball crushed a few teams this weekend. Mercy, Mercy. rule, five Mercy innings. Ruled.
1: It's pretty absurd, and they're without Rachel Garcia this season because she's playing for Team
0: USA. I and know. So, I'm still hoping she just somehow sneaks back.
1: <laughs> yeah, Come I mean I, they're they're still I mean early in the season, but they look pretty good. Um Maya Brady, who is Tom Brady's niece, just got freshman of the week um in the Pac twelve. She looked very, very good coming in playing in her first few innings. Um
0: Yeah, I had no idea I, she was related to, to Tom. Yeah,
1: she is his niece um he was at the game one of the games apparently this week last weekend but um yeah so hopefully good things from them um water polo I believe beat SC this weekend they did in a tournament and they are now number two early on in the season
0: so good signs there um and USC was number one too, which made it much sweeter. Oh, I love it. Gotta love it.
1: Um, what else we got? We got oh, women's uh, tennis, tennis is number two. I think they lost yeah. North Carolina.
0: Yeah, they lost. I I believe I'm not. Sh- I believe that was the first indoor tournament that that happened. But they made it to the championship and they went down to North Carolina. But um, tough loss. Number. But they'll be. They'll bounce back.
1: Yeah, long season uh i think men's volleyball also took a tough loss this week
0: yeah unfortunately to another school we hate uh, the trees yeah uh
1: they're still top 10 though i believe right yeah they're eight Uh, they
0: they went from seven to eight stanford jumped up but Ah.
1: yeah got it and then you know we have both golf teams going both ranked in the top 25 um the men's tennis is i think 16 and they've they're starting off the season on a on a strong note but i think they've hit a couple of bumps on the road but you know they're they're always always solid so you know the non-revenue sports are it's olympic what? season well, yep cool um so i think that's it we're gonna wrap it up um you know, hopefully hopefully, some of our Bruin fans make it out to Pauley Pavilion this week. Uh, pack it against the Oregon schools for women's basketball. Yeah. And
0: men's basketball. I guess you got to turn on Pac-12 for... I mean, most of us watch it, the ones who listen to this, but uh, we got to watch it for Oregon game. Yeah, Friday's stacked, if you think about it. There's 6 p.m. is baseball. 7 p.m. is... Is it softball? Someone. I think so. And then 8 p.m. is women's. Tomorrow is uh. Men's play. Yeah, at 8 p.m. So it's it's a big weekend. If you're not skiing this weekend, then make sure you have your television on and supporting the Bruins. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right.
1: Well, we will catch you guys later.
0: All right. And follow us on Twitter, and uh, don't check out our site right now because I haven't posted anything in months. Uh, but So just stay on Twitter. It's still, it's still being developed. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a concept. It's a concept. Um, cool. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.